Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal, beautiful, biblical, and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. Today, I am speaking with two student leaders who are no longer student leaders, correct? That's correct. Today, they are former student leaders, leaders in, in, in their own right, in the lives that they are leading today. And um, anyone who's been following uh, a lot of the Pulse of Israel programming lately and the conference that we had about unmasking Jew hatred, it's really about highlighting how there is a key component of the whole Palestinian national movement, Palestinian narrative, the Palestinian authority, is actual anti-Semitism. And these two, who I will introduce in a second, dealt with it on their U.S. college campus, which they both were at the same college campus, okay? Correct? Correct. So everyone meet Nina Rab and Daniel Rab, who you see now he's taking his leadership as a proud Jewish soldier in the IDF. So thanks for your service, Daniel. My pleasure. It's my, my privilege. <laughs> so let's start, let's start with you, Daniel, because again, you, you dealt with, uh, with the growing Jew hatred atmosphere on college campuses. University of Illinois. In Champaign, yes. In Champaign, Illinois, all right? And at what point in time did you decide to serve in the Israeli army? I would say there was always something that was inside of me. We grew up in a very very Zionist household with, uh, with strong Jewish values, and especially growing up in an area that was not, uh, not Jewish-oriented, very small Jewish community, um, which is Naperville, Illinois. It was either... We were, we were always the Jewish students. Throughout all, our, all of our schools, all of our time when growing up, we were... The Jews. There were people who didn't have no idea what, uh, what being Jewish meant, what Judaism was. And so that kind of started the, the ideology that we grew up with, which is we can be proud of who we are. We can, we can be strong in that and embrace it. Or we can do what a lot of, unfortunately, um, young Jews decided to do, which is they want to hide their identity. They want to just go with the flow, fit as much as possible, take the path of least resistance, and, and go into their environment. And for me, it was never... I never had anything to be ashamed of. Nothing being different is not uh, certainly as Jews being different is not something to be ashamed of. It's something in part of our history since uh, since we were exiled from our land, and we, my myself, decided to embrace that. And so, like uh, Nina said, we were grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. That's also had a huge influence. And the first film I can even remember seeing was uh, Raid on Entebbe with uh, even as even as a kid. Yeah, and from that I. I remember being five years old, not really knowing what Israel was, knowing it was uh, the land of the Bible, and now seeing, wow, this Jewish army that's fighting for the Jewish people. I want to be a part of that. And so that's, that's the roots of it. And just growing up, it was always uh, a dream of mine that became less realistic and then more realistic. And then I grew up and realized that something I absolutely have to do. Amazing. Yeah, I teach my boys, and again, I have four boys. One just, he actually was just in Bakum, Tel Hashemir today, giving back all of his equipment. He finished his, his, his compulsory service. Number two just started um, uh, in Sayeret uh, and Sanchanim, and the, another two, please God, in their, in their time. And while I'd love to say, oh, I dream that we will never have an army, but in today's world, if we want to be able to protect ourselves, we must have an army, we must be proud to stand up for ourselves. And the lesson I teach them is, we shouldn't be looking at it as being compulsory, even though it's like by law, but 
to understand the privilege it is to, after 2,000 years of exile and persecution and persecution, the fact that we're able to stand up in our own homeland to defend ourselves, it's a privilege. So to be able to serve, you, you, you totally get that. So I'm going to put, put on the video right now, everyone to see the video of your sister dealing with the campus uh, hatred that you had from the anti-Israel pro-Palestinian activists. All right. So everyone watch this and we're going to be right back. When I walked in the room, I was confronted by a huge sign held up by SJP that said, F Nazis. They called us Nazis. Oh. They called us the same... Members of the public, please refrain from making explanations. What the fuck was that? What? They compared us to the same regime that killed six million of us and my family. I cannot believe that senators just sat back and laughed. I heard it. You guys heard it. Probably one of you guys said it. And all of you guys heard it. But I was called a Nazi right in front of your eyes. While the authors of this bill clapped in support of the statement. I'm sorry, but if that is not anti-Semitic, I don't know what is. You don't have to tell me what genocide is. What is the true genocide is when the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Hajj Amin al-Hussein, stood side by side next to Hitler to plan the final step to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth. Look it up on Google, please. But unlike my slaughtered family, whose ashes lay in Auschwitz, we, the Jewish people, are finally free. We, the Jewish people, can defend ourselves. And this time, we will not stand by as our people, again, are threatened with slaughter by Hamas and their national SJP supporters. All right, folks, you just heard what Nina had to deal with on her college campus. So, Nina, would you like to give us a little more of what you had to experience, whether in that that one episode or other episode during your time as a, as a student on, on college? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that video, uh, there's a lot of build-up to that. Um, that wasn't just a one-and-done. Actually, that was after, I believe, like seven months of fighting through different BDS resolutions throughout that year, which had started that October of my freshman year. Um, which Daniel and I led a walkout on our campus of over 500 Jewish students out of our student government to show that our student government was uh, totally illegitimate because it was just um, manifested by uh, Students for Justice in Palestine and it was just a way for them to, um, you know, display anti-Semitism on campus and try to pass resolutions um, uh, saying that uh, you know, anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitic when really we all know that's just a way for them to push their agenda. And so it was in that moment when I was giving a speech um, against a BDS resolution um, and following up from an event that had happened a few months prior, pretty much saying, like, how can you define what anti-Semitism is for us Jews, and especially, you know, for me as a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, like, you called me a Nazi, a granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor, you called me a Nazi, and that's when um, a student from SJP stood up and pretty much reaffirmed 
their anti-Semitic agenda. By, by doing what? When he, when he stood up and said, yep, that's right. Um, when I said you called me a Nazi, when I was referring to the event that had taken place uh, a few months back. Um, and that was just a, a point in time that happened to have been recorded at, you know, exactly then. Um, but there were numerous accounts of, you know, horrendous behavior on campus that Daniel also experienced. Um, there were times where um, students were holding up bloody Israeli flags on the alma mater statue in the middle of the, the quad of campus, which hundreds and thousands of students walk past every single day. Um, it, there were countless, countless events like that. Wow. So let me, let me turn back to Daniel. Um, what type of support did you, did you, and I'll stand with Daniel and you also, you Nina, did you feel that you were receiving from the existing Jewish organizations, whether on campus or communal organizations, in terms of standing up to this blatant Jew hatred coming from all this pro-Palestinian anti-Israel uh, activism against you? So in the end, what we were able to bring together were all factions, all organizations that existed on our on our campus in terms of of Judaism in Israel, but it, it didn't come without its struggles. You have the organizations who, no matter what, they'll they'll stand strong. Whether students students supporting Israel is one of them, pro Israel agenda, pro they they're not really they're not afraid to be to stand up at the forefront for some of these issues. But it's also a dilemma of, and this is what uh, most Jewish students struggle with, is they want to fit in with the the progressive causes. They don't want to stick out too much. They don't want to make themselves out to be essentially what they're describing, which is who wants to be a Nazi, who wants to be a white supremacist, who wants to be a baby murderer. And if this is what they're defining you as, and if they're fitting in with the progressive causes, unfortunately on college campuses, they're the ones who have more of a, a sway on, on those types of people. Um, and that's what you end, end up getting labeled as if you're supporting Israel. And that's what some of the some of the less uh, vocal and less, less out, outspoken voices are, are afraid to, to come to terms with. And so we did face some, some difficulties getting that, uh, getting that unity between all the organizations, saying this is, it doesn't, this is blatant, this is blanketed. It doesn't matter if you're more progressive, less progressive, uh, more religious, less religious, support the current Israeli government, don't support the current Israeli government. They're blanket it's Israel. Israel, and, and by extension, Judaism, because Zionism is an integral part of a Jewish identity. Um, and so in the end, we got all of the Jewish sororities and fraternities Hillel Chabad, um, students supporting Israel, any anything under the sun in terms of and non Jewish organizations also, um, and that because it was such a, a blanketed attack on, on on simply Jewish identity, there was no there was no way to to go about it other than complete unity and and making everyone understand that this is an attack on a Jewish identity. And it's going to transfer into kosher tax and kosher food, tax on Jewish students, everything under the sun that they can blanket as Zionism, bad, evil. Right. Um, and so we were able to accomplish that um, from all across the boards in terms of of identity and um, of Jewish organizations. Great, yeah, yeah. And I will say we were very lucky to have um, also, you know, strong leaders 
um, on campus that helped support us, whether it was the rabbi of Chabad, the dean of the business school was a very, very strong supporter for Israel. And that following year actually brought the council general to the Midwest to our business school to speak about, you know, bridging economic ties between um, the U.S. and Israel and especially like on our on our college campus. So um, I was also the president of Tamid, which is a uh, organization that um, allows U.S. college students to um, do business with uh, Israeli Israeli startups, and so you know BDS is a direct um, infliction on that. You know, if BDS on college campuses uh, get passed. There's there's no Tamid, so um, that was also a very strong uh, statement and and example of him, the dean, exemplifying, you know, his stance uh, supporting us. Um, so there were accounts of having that strong leadership supporting us, which we were very grateful for. Wow. So one of the things that I'm that I, I'm trying my best, I wish I didn't have to say it, but I'm trying my best in telling people, is that this Jew hatred, and especially this Jew hatred on college campuses, is still only in its in the beginning. It's going to be getting worse. It's not. It's not going away, and it's not going to be getting any better for Jewish students. For instance, I mean, the, the recent examples, just the number of valedictorian speeches that are being given at different, different college campuses. That it's total anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, also anti-America messages that are just they're, they're mushrooming. A few years ago, never happened. Now, then, two years ago, maybe it was one. This year it was like three or four. With each year, it's going to be growing. What is your advice for Jewish students on college campuses today as they enter or they're there and they're going to be experiencing even more Jew hatred and disguised as this political anti-Israel but pro-Palestinian agenda? What's your advice for Jewish students today helping to deal with it as they are trying their best to just enjoy their college years and study and move on with their lives? So there's, there's a few ways, I guess, um, you can go about that in terms of like providing this type of advice um, because it's very easy to be apathetic. You know, it's it's very easy. You know, you just want to live your life. You want to study. You want to get good grades. Um, you know, that's why you came to college. Um, but I guess in the words actually of our Safta, of our grandmother, um, who's 98 years old, thank God it's still alive, Holocaust survivor, she always told us, be strong, be patient, and never give up. And that's really, I think, what both of us have um, tried to display even when faced with that type of those, those situations, those tough scenarios on campus, um, and, and not, being, not being afraid um, and, and caring about what's, what's important to us rather than being apathetic. Oh, the the balance of that absolutely strength is is completely necessary to there's no lack of candor in our cause and, and certainly no lack of, of righteousness um, the Jewish people stand for the oldest and, and most moral values that have have prevailed over the his, over the course of human history and have influenced almost all of uh, of modern civilization. And there's a reason that they they keep prevailing and they keep winning, and you have to you have the truth will set you free. You have to stand on the truth, and it may take time. It's it's everyone needs to do their part in their own way, big or small. For me, it was going the step forward, doing the groundwork, serving in the army after my time being uh, an activist per se. But for a student on a on a college campus, it could be just confronting somebody on the quad during those during those weeks of 
of uh, of protests or or demonstrations and just saying no, this is wrong. This is uh, these are the facts, and it's as simple. We we saw it this week with uh, the operation in Janine. Um, once you get past the facade of the of the, th- the thin facade of lies that they put forth, and you get to the core and show them for who they are, like Nina did in her in her speech in the in the clip that we saw, they show their true colors, and there's, you can put your hands up and let them embarrass themselves and show their what their true intentions are. And it's it sometimes it's not it doesn't the results don't come right away. This is a long process, a long build. But in the end, we were in exile for two thousand years before we got to come home. And I can say from our work on campus, we didn't see the the the, the results of our work until. Years after, and then I just uh, recently saw that they passed a the university they passed a bill in the student government that's uh, that's anti-BDS and the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, and that would have never gotten done without the work that we did and uh, in our time there. But it wasn't years later until we saw the results. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So whenever I speak to uh, to college students or here in Israel, uh, seminary or yeshiva students before they go to college. I try to reinforce within them the importance of studying everything it means to be a Jew, and especially our history, studying Jewish history, understanding Jewish history, modern Jewish history. Because I said, I said, listen, when when you're going to go to campus and you're going to see all the anti-Israel activism, and they're going to be attacking you. They're not attacking Israel. They're attacking your Jewish identity, exactly as both of you expressed. And not enough Jews get that. And they just want to, and they end up, because they don't want to ruffle any feathers, they prefer to run away from their Jewish identity just to enjoy college. And they don't, they they totally don't get it. They're they're running away from their identity. And the best way to deal with it, whether you argue or don't argue, is to to have your, to have our own, um, uh, what's the, What's the word in uh, in English? New no, our, our our armor. What's our defensive armor? A strong sense of our identity, and that's knowing who we are, knowing our history, and knowing the facts, and not letting the lies sway us around. So that's one of the messages I gave, and 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 to end with this, and then I'll hear your 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 input as well. One of the things that really makes me so sad is, especially with this whole progressive agenda taking place today. Which put aside all the different aspects of it, but the good aspect of that is it's whether it's happening or not is it's trying to stand up for your rights, right? Trying to stand. The most persecuted people in all of history are the Jewish people. The fact that we've returned to be sovereign in our ancestral homeland after two thousand years of exile persecution, we should be the poster child of the whole progressive. Movement. We're a success story. We've overcome everything over all the the horrible times and thousands of years of horrible, horrible things. But we don't play the progress. We don't play the the victim Olympics. But we don't have to play the victim of Olympics. But it's so sad that our own organizations are not putting this out for Jewish students on campus to to feel proud of the identity that, in essence, the progressive world should respect us for. And they don't even—they don't even have that as armor to to go out to battle with on on a college campus. So again, final final word for from each of you. What inspiration can you can you leave with all the different college students and parents? They're about to leave their kids on these college campuses. What words of inspiration can you leave with all of them? 
Um, I would say that this is uh, there's nothing new. This is the, this is part of being this is part of being a Jew. This is part of our part of our destiny. Um, it's an integral part of what we've overcome throughout history. The only difference is is that we have the we have the sovereignty. We have a country. We have an army. We have something to be proud of, and something now we you know we're we're in the we're in the redemption. We're in the process uh, of redemption. And if you would if you would ask me, would I rather be in any other time period in in Jewish history? Absolutely not. We're living in we're living in, in the golden era. We're li- we're only improving. We're only moving forward. And it's it's our time to it's to keep that to to maintain that to grow that. This is this is our part. It's not our it's not our our job to. We can't finish it, but we can, we need to move it forward. We need to to play our part and and move it on to the to the next generation to keep moving and getting to that to that ultimate goal. Um, and strength, chazak ve'amatz, strength and courage is absolutely needed in, in that type of fight. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And we stand on the side of justice. We stand on the side of of uh, of history, of values, of morality. It, it's on our side. Um, and unfortunately, if they want to, if the other side wants to take that from us at the, at our cost, we're willing to. We are the side of peace. We are the side of uh, of morality and justice, and they can't come at, at our cost. And if they, they're the very things that they are pushing, are the things that are causing their children to die, are the things that are causing their perpetual suffering. And I'm not willing to let. I'm not willing to to give it to to cut, let to to let them take that to take our. Uh, that we've taken ourselves out of suffering, not by the not by the grace of the world or by the grace of anyone else, but by our own hard work and our own sacrifices and our own flesh and blood and 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 work. Um, and for until they they'll realize that one day that that this fight is is not at the cost of us. It can only be it can only be with us. Um, but until that, we have to stand strong, and we can't. It can't come at the cost of us. Uh, the, the the final peace that we all that we all wish for, and that we're all working for. Beautifully put, Nina. It's a hard act to follow, but um, I would say I would uh, leave two two thoughts. Um, one, it's it's not enough to to be always on the defensive and to wait for something to happen to be a strong Jew. Um, on whether it's a college campus, when it's, whether it's here, here in Israel, wherever you are in the world, because we are not defined by anti-Semitism. We are who we are, um, not in spite of anti-Semitism, and Israel is not a country in spite of the Holocaust. We are who we are despite it, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, Israel is a country despite... Um, the Holocaust, and despite everything that um, has happened in our, our history, so don't wait to be for something to happen to want to stand up and be a proud Jew. If you are a proud Jew in your everyday life and the way you go about um, every day and and your interactions with your friends, Jewish or not Jewish, um, and the way you integrate Judaism, um, just again, just how you how you uh, go about your life, then. Just by doing that, you're already winning. You're already proving them wrong. And so, again, like I, like I said before, and like Daniel was saying, to all the college students out there, don't be afraid. Um, there's, there's, nothing to be, there's nothing to be ashamed about, really. So. 
Everyone, you heard it. Two former student leaders on college campuses. Share this with every Jewish college student you know. There is so much to be proud of in our Jewish identity, and that's how we win, and that's how we're winning. And I like to say, and I'm going to be writing a book about this, Israel is the solution. Israel is the solution to peace in the Middle East. Israel is the solution to anti-Semitism by standing up for ourselves. And we just have to, we just need more and more people and organizations and individuals like the two of you for people to hear so that they can be instilled with all of that inspiration and information. So everyone, I'm inspired. I hope you're inspired. The future of the Jewish people, we have two of them sitting right here. We're bringing it on. As Daniel said, we are living in redemptive times. I like to teach everyone that we are the most blessed generation of Jews, like probably since King David's times. And you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Regardless of the growing Jew, Jew hatred, don't let it affect you folks. We are so blessed to be living today, and we have the state of Israel, and we have soldiers, and able to volunteer and understand how much of it it is to for, to, for the privilege to be able to serve our people, our ancestral homeland. So thanks to the two of you. I'm thank, sorry, you thank you, All right. Signing off for another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal, biblical, beautiful, and indivisible capital since King David's time. Shalom, everyone. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.